Yeah, so Camp 4640 is coming up, and one of my favorite things to do at Camp 4640 is worship. It always is just the best. We're in this, like, tight room. I don't know. There's, like, no space. We're, we're like, used to here where we can, like, spread out and all that. But in there, it's just like, yeah, and you have to jump like this because there's no other room at all. But it's super fun. Uh, and, and Camp 4640 is coming up. And what I love about camp is we get to do so much worship that we get to introduce a ton of new songs at camp. Because normally, I can only do, like, three songs a week. And you come, like, on average, let's be honest, like, every other week. And so it takes forever to introduce a song to, like, the whole group. But at camp, I'm like, nah. We get to do, so I'm doing, like, eight new songs at camp. And it's my favorite time. We obviously introduce, like, one a week leading into camp. But I would love, can you put that QR code back up? If you did not get that QR code, please go on here, listen to this playlist, for because it's just going to make it more fun for you at camp. It's going to make it more fun if you're just like, oh yeah, I heard that song. Now, just because I play that song on Spotify doesn't mean we're going to sound like the people on Spotify, okay? Please make sure you're not getting just like, this doesn't sound like that, because I'm not as good as some of those people, okay? That's just true. But I want to talk a little bit. Obviously, we're doing message first, which is weird. We usually go into worship. But tonight, I want to talk to you a little bit about worship, because it is such a big part of camp, and it's such a big part of our culture here at 4640. And what's interesting is in the Bible, what we think of as just the words maybe worship or praise, there's a bunch of different words that Hebrew uses, all right? And so there's a weird translation. Uh, Obviously, the Bible was written, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, then the New Testament in Greek. So there's actually seven different Hebrew words that you write uh, or that kind of all mean praise and worship. And in the Bible, they're going to say praise or worship. And translating them into English is hard because English is stupid, okay? Uh, For instance, take a look at this list of words, okay? Those all sound different, okay? Uh, Is uh, that the O-U-G-H sound, okay? You've got rough. And then the next one should be duff, but it's not. It's doe. And then you're like, okay, it's co. No, it's cough. And you're like, oh, but that's cough. And then that one should be Tough. No, that's tough. And then you add an H on the end, and somehow it becomes er, though instead of thoth or thuff or though. It is though. Oh, though, though. Full circle. I got there. But then you add a T at the end, and it's no longer thought. It's thought. I don't understand. Okay. Tell me how in the world these two words rhyme, these next two. How do those two words rhyme? It's because English is stupid, okay? Phony baloney. What? Okay, let's just, okay, look at these two things, all right? Tear and tear, spelled differently, sound the same. The next two words, though, are spelled the same, but it's tear and tear. Stupid English language. I don't understand, okay? And then obviously you've got the your, your, and your. Or there's just two yours, and then you've got there, there, and there. Even though I just said the same word three times, I meant three different words that are all spelled differently. English is stupid. It is a dumb language. But apparently other languages are dumb too and struggle with the same thing. Like check out this, this French guy uh, explaining French, in, or French to, to TikTok. Watch Fine. Don't. Attempted. Don't. Stretch. Don't. Horse fly. Don't. Ant. Don't. As much. Don't. Wait, your tempting ant is spending your time so much, you have so many horse flies in your tent. 
Attends, t'attends, t'entends, 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 t'en as autant de temps dans ta tente. So if in French, you say t'entends, 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 you're saying, you're saying something. Uh, but we're, we're talking about how some words of the Hebrew are translated into English, right? And we're going to look at a few of these words because each one of these words sort of describes something that we should be doing during worship. And worship is just so much more than singing songs. And I've been leading worship or playing in a band for this ministry for over 15 years. And I love this, this place. I love leading worship. I love my job. I love, love the opportunity to get to do that. And I'm so passionate about it. And I love that every year we, we get into camp and we go to camp. And it's my favorite thing. But I'm also wanting us to ask ourselves, what is the difference? What is the difference between camp and why is it different there than here? And, and what we want to do is we want to be able to go, okay, it doesn't matter that it's camp or 4640. We still need to worship. So let's look at a few of these words and how we can do that. The first word is halal. Everybody said halal. You got to get the phlegm in there. Halal. Okay. And that means to shine, to boast, overwhelming excitement, to be clamorously foolish. I'm not sure what clamorously means, but that's cool. Uh, and it's the most translated word when you read your Bible and you see the word praise. What the word in Hebrew is, is most often this word halal, okay? Now, the word we sing, you've maybe heard the word hallelujah, halal, yah at the end, hallelujah, literally means praise God. So when we say the word hallelujah, it's meaning to shine, to boast, be clamorously foolish for your God. So let's look at an instant of it, an instance of it in Psalms 149. Praise, or halal, his name with dancing, accompanied by tambourine and harp, for the Lord delights in his people. So the word praise translates to this word halal. And God delights in us when we praise his name. When it's not just we're singing the words that we're looking on the screen and we're basically singing some form of unenthusiastic karaoke. That's not what this is talking about. Not just standing there looking at a screen, but being clamorously foolish for God, boasting about God, dancing with overwhelming excitement is what this word is describing. The question is, do you get excited about God? Does, does the idea of him being in this room what he's done in your life, does that excite you? When was the last time you halaled God? I think the only way you cannot be overwhelmingly excited about God is when you worship is if A, you don't understand who he is or what he's done or how much he loves you. Think about it. Who is he? Not just, not just who other people say he is, but who is he to you? Who do you believe in your heart God really says? God really is, because who that answer in your heart will say a lot about how you're going to praise him. And if we have this real encounter with God through worship or through our life, and we see his track record through our life, we begin to sort of build up this picture of who God really is, and it's very easy to see that he is faithful, that he protects, that he provides, that he's a good God, and it becomes very easy to halal our God. And, and this, then it isn't as hard to worship 
like this. So when you are proud of something, a common thing to do is boast about it, okay? So when you're really proud of a, a thing going on in your life, you tell other people about it. Something I'm really proud of is my kids. I love my kids so much. And I want to just be like, hey, check out what my kid did. Like, like, look at Wallace and how cool he is right here. Like, doesn't he just look like so epic? And he's running in a race and he's just like perfect form, all right? And, and he hates track, which is really funny that I use this picture and some, not something else. But it's so cool. And then, uh, so he, he runs track and he uh, does lacrosse and he does football and he does basketball and he's so awesome at all those things, and people are always like, what's going on in your life? And I'm always telling them about his stuff. Why? Because I'm proud of him. I want to boast about him. And then I'm, they're like, what's going on with Molly? And I'm like, oh, Molly, uh, she's the cutest everything, and, and she doesn't like sports, so she does stuff like cheerleading, right? And she's just the cutest little cheerleader, right? She's just sitting up there, and, she's just, and she just has her pom-poms, and she likes to pronounce every single word of that, that uh, like the, the words of the cheer with like her entire mouth. It's really funny to watch, but I'm so proud of her. I love her. She's the best. My kids are the best. And when I see them, I want, or when people are around, I want to talk about them. And I'm like, Joe, shut up about your And if I could have shown a picture of my dog, I, I could have been proud of my, my dog, too, for some other people in the room who aren't really kid people. And they're more like dog people. But I, I have no pictures of my dog in my phone, unfortunately. Who takes pictures of their dog? But... We, we, we have, right, we have, we have, we boast about things we like. We, when we're, when our team is doing well, like I'm talking about the Denver Nuggets all the time right now. Maybe you get good grades and you want people to know you're into getting into a good college and you're telling other people about it. Your favorite player or singer does something incredible or a new album. We want to boast about it. When we're proud of God, we can boast about him. When we sing songs about who God is, that is what we are doing. When we're singing songs that are talking directly about God and who he is, it's like we're boasting about him. And it's kind of like in the way where we're saying, like, my dad's the coolest dad around. And then, you know, you get in that fight when you're in elementary school about, like, whose dad could beat up whose dad. And you're just like, my dad is, like, seven foot eight and is 400 pounds and can bench press a car. He can. And they're just like, I don't even care. No, they don't. And then they get in the back of the fights, right? But the greatest part about this whole little my dad can beat up your dad fight is we're right. Our God, our God, the Father, he can beat somebody up if he wanted to. He always wins. Now, David shows us exactly what this worship should look like. In 2 Samuel 6, the Ark of the Covenant is coming back into Jerusalem. And back then, that was the presence of God. We get to have the presence of God whenever we want. But back in the day, the presence of God was in this thing called an ark. And it was like a big golden box. And when the presence of God comes into the city where David is at, he dances so crazy, and he is so excited about it, and obviously they're wearing different kinds of clothing than us, but he dances so hard that all of a sudden his clothes start to fall off, okay? Uh, and he's not taking them off, right? Like, he's not, he's, not put, he's not doing no stripping or nothing. Like, he's just literally dancing so much that his clothes start to fall off. And there's people in his life, and one of his, his wife was like, hey, you're embarrassing me, okay? How You're the king of Israel. You shouldn't be doing this. And King David's response was so great. And he goes, hey, it's God. It's his presence. I don't care if I look foolish to you. I don't care if I look foolish to anybody else. I wasn't doing it for you. I was doing it for God. Every 4640, not just camp, but every 4640, we need to understand, but like, like David God's presence comes into this room, and there needs to be a response 
from his kids. And that response should be excitement, praise, halal. Another word that we use is called shabach. Everybody say shabach. Okay, yeah. Now you put the at the end. Now to shout with triumph, address in a loud tone. Okay, so this is how they said yelling, basically. But also with like triumphant yelling. And we see it in Psalm 47.1. It says, oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout, Shabbat, to God with a voice of triumph. And when we, we do this, when we're saying, like, at the end of a worship set, I'm saying, lift up a shout of praise. That's, the, that's what we're supposed to be doing. It's not just like, don't, you don't have to yell to make me feel good, all right? I'm not asking you to cheer us and say, like, hey, give us a cheer and, and make us feel good because we played you a song. I don't care. But what I do want us to do is shout for God. Shabbat to God and make him feel honored and praised through our voices because it's, you might go like, well, I don't want to yell. Well, I don't care if you want to or not. It's all about God, not about us. And there's a really interesting story in the Bible where literally the Israelites walk around this place called Jericho in dead silence, seven times for seven days, all right? And then on the last day, they walk around it and then they don't do anything. They don't fight. They don't, they don't do anything, but it says that, that there's, they blow a loud ram's horn, and then they yell, Shabbat. And it says the walls of this town came crumbling down. Now, you've got stuff going on in your life, and it feels like you've got to worry about it. It feels like you've got to do all sorts of stuff about it. Sometimes you, you know, you're going to think about it. You've got to ask friends about it. You've got to research it. You've got to worry about it, do all of these things. But maybe the one thing you just need to do is just shout a victory, yell to God, saying, God, you're a victory. You already won. You are triumphant. And in my situation, I might not be able to see it, but you are still who you say you are. You are still a God of victory, a God of triumph, and I trust you, and I'm just going to yell, and I'm going to shout. And sometimes, man, it's good for the soul to just yell out like that. The next word we see is called yada. All right? Everybody say yada. The extended hand. To throw up a hand. All right? That's, that's how this is. All right? Now, this is the word. When we say, like, lift up your hands, that's what we're saying. Yada. Lift up your hands. And it's in the Bible. We don't just make up stuff. We're not just like, okay, what's a cool, like, YMCA-type routine that we could do when we're worshiping? We're not coming up with this stuff. We're doing this stuff because it's what the Bible says. And it is to worship. And it is worship. It is an act of worship to lift up your hands. This is an invitation. This, this word is an invitation to not just worship anymore with your voice. We, we've talked about like, shouting for joy, but also it's saying lift up your hands. Don't just worship with this. Now we want you to worship with your entire body. It says in Psalm 61.8, so I will sing praise, yada, to your name forever that I may daily perform my vows. Another verse in Psalm 134.2 says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Now there's all sorts of different worship poses and there's all different ways to raise your hands and there's a ton of them, so this guy's going to help us figure out which ones you like the best. But hey, if you're not used to going to a hand-raising church, you want to go and join us, feel free to join us, but don't feel like you got to join right in, okay? Start slow. we got a lot of different hand-raises that we use. We actually have names for our hand-raises. So I'm going to walk you through real quick, okay, what they are, just to let you know. Say you're at my church, music is rocking, start slow. Hands in the pockets, little elbow flap, you're fine. Very subtle. Get warmed up. Get your heart rate up. 
when you're warmed up, start with the first one. Ready? Carry the TV. Carry the TV. That's our first one. Very subtle. Go to big screen. Big screen, a little wider. Next one's my fish was this big. My fish was this big. If you're a liar, you go out there. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Jesus loves you. Grace. Next one's hold my baby. Hold my baby. Got dueling light bulbs. That's our next one, dueling light bulbs. Got goalpost. Everybody knows goalpost. Throw in a heartburn. A lot of people like to do heartburn. Double heartburn, right back to goalpost. What's my favorite? Mufasa. Mufasa, that's my favorite. The circle of life. Tim, can you go higher? Yes, you can. You can take one hand, go a bunch of different stuff. Pointer, hatchet, schoolroom. Release the doves, give the Lord a high five. Press it out. A lot of women like to wash the window. Wash the window. And when you're comfortable there, go for the big three. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. There you go, there's your big three. So what, it, this, is, this, this is funny, but obviously there's steps to this, right? I'm, I'm not asking somebody who's like your first time here, or you're new here, and you're just starting to learn about Jesus. I'm not expecting you to do just like to be dancing around in circles and, and dancing and yelling and shouting exuberantly. But what I am saying is, what's your next step? Like, if, if you've been the hands in your pocket, arm flapping every once in a while to the beat, maybe it's time for the hands to come out of the pocket and, and the hands come up a little bit. Maybe you've been sort of the person who's, I'm not really singing, but I'm, I'm just listening to the music because I'm not really a singer. Well, maybe your next step should be, I'm going to start singing. I, I, I don't, it doesn't matter if your voice is good or not. If God says we should sing, we should sing. If God says we should lift our hands, we should lift our hands. If God says shout, we should shout. But we're just taking the next step in this. We're just going, okay, what, what can you do this week? And if you did something last week, then do something more this week. I'm not asking you to do the same thing that somebody who's been a Christian their entire life, but I am saying do more than what you did last week. Do, do continue to progress forward. So let's take another look at another word. Uh, it's barak. Everybody say barak. To kneel in adoration or to bow. So when we see this in the Bible, when we, read, we sing songs about this, or there's times and moments where you see someone on their knees, this is what we're doing. When we get on our knees, this is what we should be thinking about and doing. We should be doing it for adoration and respect. You know when like royalty, you see in royalty, like they, they walk through, and, and it's not as common today, but it was a very common thing, you know, when the king or the queen or the emperor or whoever walked in, that person, the people that weren't the king or queen, they kneeled, right? Out of respect, out of adoration, saying that person is higher than me. That, that, king, or queen, that king or queen is more important than me. How dare I, I stand when they're in my presence because they are worthy of so much more than me. The other th reason why we get on our knees sometimes is just out of desperation. That term, we just dropped to our knees because we're just desperate for something. That can be a moment and an act of worship. It says in Psalm 95, 6, oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel, Barak, before the Lord, our maker. And the last one, I'm not going to go through them all, but this last one I did want to say because it, is, it can be kind of confusing, especially if you haven't been here for a while. And the last word is called zamar. Now, zamar means to pluck the strings 
of an instrument. Now you might be saying, I don't have an instrument, but I did want to talk about it for a second because what we're doing on stage when there is no singing, during a part where we're just up there and, and we're like jamming out and you're, there's no words on the screen, it's still a part of worship. It says in Psalm 21:13, rise up, O Lord, in all your power, with music and singing we celebrate your mighty acts. This term, zamar, means that what Jaja is doing over here on electric guitar, Jacob's doing on piano, or, or Henry's doing on the drums, is worship. We aren't just playing music for you to worship. We ourselves are worshiping with our instruments. And you can still be a part of that. For instance, let's just say, let's say I play this little music right here, and I want you to immediately, like, think about what it means. Like, listen to it. What, what is it? Ice cream truck, right? Now, you can go ahead and kill it. Now, that, that sounds like the ice cream truck. Was there words? No. But did you all of a sudden go, ooh, I could go for a push pop right now, right? I could go for one of them fat boy ice creams. I can't believe that name stuck around. Uh, but all of a <laughs> But it makes you have a response. There's no words. You weren't doing anything. But you're, that's what the idea of this part of worship is, is there can still be an emotional, a spiritual response. You hear the music and you go, this, I, I know what I want. And what I want is Jesus in this moment. And you don't have to, to like look foolish in worship in, in these moments. You don't have to go just like, well, there's no words on the screen. So now I will look away and start doing something else. No, what we're saying is, okay, in those moments, continue to engage. Now you don't have to sing what's on the s screen. Maybe your next step is don't sing what's on the screen in that moment because there's nothing on the screen anyway. Sing your own words. Just sing out the name of Jesus. Maybe it's that moment where you're going, God, I need you in this moment, and you start having a quick conversation with him. We're worshiping with instruments, but that doesn't mean that you should lose focus. What instead you should pray or sing, sing your own thing or, 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 or be quiet in that moment or maybe it's the time to shabak, to shout. But we do, I, I will say in those moments, stay focused. Now, worship is not just songs. It's not just songs about Jesus. But it is our spiritual connection with God our Father. It's, it's our spiritual connection with heaven. Because it's the one thing we're doing in heaven. So when we worship on earth, it's the closest thing that it's going to look like in heaven. And so the cool thing about it, though, is on here on earth is you get to choose whether or not you worship or not. But when you get to heaven, it's all you're going to want to do. I can't explain it. I, don't, I, don't, I can't tell you how that's going to be the case. But when we get to heaven, all we are going to want to do is be in God's presence and worship. But this moment, I understand there are times when maybe you don't want to. Maybe you don't feel like it. Maybe you had a rough day. Maybe, maybe you, you, you're just not into it. But that doesn't mean... We shouldn't because we have a choice in this moment here on earth to actually choose to say yes, even though I don't feel like it. Yes, I want to worship God. But worship isn't just about singing and the song and even the motions because two people can sing the same song and have two very different experiences. This is really interesting in Psalm 78. It says this, then they remembered that God was their rock that God Most High was their Redeemer. But listen to this. But all they gave him was lip service. They lied to him with their tongues. Their hearts were not loyal to him. 
they did not keep his covenants. So the question is, how often have you done this? Maybe you've sang songs during worship that talk about giving everything to God, praising him forever and saying, oh, how, Jesus, we love you, and, and I lay down everything, but really, you're not even thinking about what you're saying. You're thinking about something else. You're thinking about your day, your, 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 your friends. You're thinking about how your day went. You're thinking about what you're going to do afterwards, and our hearts weren't in it. Our minds weren't in it. Our attention wasn't in it. And when we do this, this verse says, it's just empty. There's nothing to it. It's just words that we're singing, but it's not worship. We need to worship God and only God. And we can't worship just to get stuff from God. We can't worship just to get those feelings. And we can't just stop engaging and and we can't pick and choose, oh, I like this song or I don't like this song. So I'm going to worship to this song because I like it. But I'm not going to worship to this song because I don't like it. The whole point of worship is that it's not about us. It gets us out of our own heads. It gets us out of our own self-centered universe. And we're not thinking about ourselves. We're not thinking about the perception of what other people think about us. Any of those things, all we're thinking about is wanting to praise and honor our God. And I think there's been a culture in our student ministry before where we say, ah, I'll wait for camp. At camp, I'll, I'll go for it, but, but here tonight, I don't know, there's not as many people, and not as many people seem to be into it tonight, so I, I, I'm not going to do it. But at camp, but camp, I'll, 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 I'll do it. And that just can't be who we are. It can't be what we do as 4640, because God deserves to be praised more than four days out of the year when we go up to a camp in the mountains. And, he, and honestly, he deserves to be praised more than once a week on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. Worship should be something we do and live out in our lives. But we need to worship him because he's God and he deserves it. And that's it. So what we're going to do is we're going to, we're, we're in just a moment, we're going to get up and we're going to come forward. And I want you to think about these things that we talked about. That I want you to figure out what's your next step. What's your next step in this idea of worship is it I'm, I'm gonna start singing I'm, I'm gonna just start singing out I haven't sang before but I'm gonna or I'm, 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 I'm gonna start doing a little bit more now now it's like okay I'm, I've done the pockets in the arm flag now I'm gonna take the next step maybe I'm going I, I've done all that stuff but I really just haven't completely surrendered to God and just halal praised him exuberantly clamorously foolishly worshiped him I've never really shouted in this moment, so I'm going to try and, and shabak. I'm going to try and, and, and yell out to him. Maybe, maybe it's Barak, and you've never kneeled down before God in his presence, but tonight you're going, man, if, if God is who he says he is, and God is really in this room, then I am, I am not worthy to be in his presence. And you get down on your knees, and you worship him out of respect and adoration. Whatever it is, I want you to think about what your next step is. What's your next step going to be tonight? And then take it in this moment. And we're going to worship for a few few minutes. And we're going to worship, and we're going to worship a little bit longer than we normally do, just just because I feel like God wants to do something special in this room. And and there comes a time where we go, okay, I've worshipped in one song, and I've done it, and now I want to just be done. And if that one song was your first step, great. Thank you. But if you're normally a person who worships for two songs and and three songs, but then about that third song you start to disengage, well, then press in at that moment. Choose in that moment when it's not easy is where it becomes a sacrifice of praise, where it becomes a thing where we go, I choose to worship. 
Maybe you're choosing to worship first song, or maybe you're someone who's worshiped for a long time and you're going, I'm gonna choose to worship this third song or this fourth song. And after a while, or any, you know, anytime after eight, if you feel like you're done, that's great. We ask that you just kind of slip away quietly into the lobby, but don't be a distraction to anybody who is still worshiping in this room because we wanna give them the opportunity to take that next step in their worship, whatever it might look like. So let's go ahead and come forward.
was listening to this song this morning and just really felt God say that you are seen. And I know a lot of you may say, life doesn't feel very good. <laughs> My parents are getting divorced or I've been really sick lately. Life's just not good. My circumstances are not good, so how can my God be good? How can he be good to me when everything is failing? And I want to tell you, there's this verse in Genesis that says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. That your circumstance that you're going through, you may feel defeated, you may feel rough, but God's still good. He's holding your heart, and he says, I love you. I know it's bad, and I know things are rough, but lean on me because I am still good. I am still your father, and I love you. So we're going to sing this and drop everything at the feet of Jesus. Say, God, you know what? Here's my circumstance. Here it is, and it's not good, and I hate it. And I don't know if I even believe what I'm saying, but God, I know that you are good in the midst of my problems, in the midst of my mistake, in the midst of my trials. God, you are good, and you deserve all of my praise. So let me hear you sing it. You are good, you are good, you are always good. Sing it out. You are good, you are good, you are always good. You are good, you are good, you are always good. I don't have to conjure
your love lies above every like the sun achieving the shadow in my weakness your glory
unless you come, would you meet me Thank you. 
In your mystery, 
could ever return you love us Lord oh, how he loves us so
better than anything, anything else in this world. And in this moment, God, there's no place where we'd rather be. I'm right here with you, Father. But God, we know it's not just in this moment, but you say you never leave us, you never forsake us, God. So God, don't leave us. Let us carry this moment. Let us be carriers of your presence, God. we thank you for showing up. We know you don't have to, God, but you still do. You still do. Even when we get bad attitudes, even when we don't feel like it, God, you still show up. You come in this room, God. And we thank you for it, Father. We thank you, God, for what you've done tonight. God, the atmosphere, the culture, worship that you stirred up in this room. God. We thank you for it. God, let it not just be coincidental, circumstantial. But God, let every moment, every opportunity we have, God, to worship you be with our, all our hearts, all our souls, all our minds, all our strength. Jesus.